and welcome to Escaping Kasturbarus, the podcast where we rewatch, reminisce, and review everything Doctor Who from 2005 to present. My name is Rich, and I'm joined by someone who can't go three bloody seconds without drawing on the walls. It's Amy. Wow. Uh, uh, okay. I, I mean, we literally, to... literally had to repaint the bedroom because Amy had drawn like so much crap on the walls with her crayons, no. her secret no. stash of crayons, no. like her secret repaint... chocolate she keeps under the bed. I, if anything, it would be sausage rolls, not chocolate, but that's another matter. <laughs> I repainted the bedroom with my mum because it was disgusting and it needed doing. <laughs> She'd drawn all this like Paris crap on one of, she tried to do a feature wall, but A, she did it on the wrong wall and B, it was horrible. Uh, that wasn't me, that was the last tenants. Yeah, the, the last owners of this house had very, 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 very bad taste. And our very. bedroom was was like pink like a like a granny pink like a dusky with, dirty pink yeah with a like a a, a gray scale with like sort of silvery glittery paris wallpaper on one of the walls and it was and it was like we, we came to look at this house when i got when i got my new job and it was like the rest of this house is absolutely perfect but this Oh, good God, please can yeah. we repaint this? And to top and... it off, they had maroon curtains, a maroon radiator, and um, all the woodwork in the room was also maroon. So it was, like, vile. Um, and if we had a place to put, like, pictures or show notes or anything, I'm sure we would. But uh, just know that the bedroom now is a lovely, nice grey and white. And lovely. it is clear and beautiful <laughs> okay back to the, uh, the the matter at hand welcome to episode number uh i was gonna say do i do i do the doctor who episode or do i do the episode of the of this podcast reboot let's stick yeah. to the doctor episodes this is yeah. episode 11 of series two this is fear her following directly on from love and monsters and this is the episode where chloe weber is drawing people snatching kids out of the street the drawings can move she's drawn her dead very very abusive father in her wardrobe and yeah all that Fun. happens and I, I i think i'm gonna have to get the elephant out of the room first and i've now as of recording this i've literally just put out a poll on twitter on escape on uh at on at Castapod, blah, 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 the escaping Casterberus okay? Twitter. No, I can't <laughs> talk. And I asked the question as to which episode is worse: Love and Monsters or Fear Her. Did you actually? Yep. Oh, no. Nah. Because in my eyes, this is a double whammy of like, good God, what happened? I and don't hate this. There, at there all. is a, there's a, there's a day there's 24 hours on the on the poll, so we're going to be like very comfortably have done and recorded this um by the time this poll finishes so far there's only 10 votes i'm impressed that there's that many already sorry 12 <laughs> votes uh 13 votes it's just it's just on it it's, it's updating as i have it open here um and currently fear her is winning and i agree for being worse i think fear her is the worst episode in this how series. have you phrased the question do people understand what i you're put asking i put them? quick question which was worse and then there's Love of the Monsters, Fear Her. And currently Fear Her oh. is winning with 69% of the vote. <laughs> Do you <laughs> think, though, that people are going to vote? It's kind of, What's it called in psychology? Is it uh, confirmation bias or something? There's like right. a term where when you conduct any kind of um, 
psychological study, and I'm not saying this is a psychological study, but for the, all intents and purposes, it's a psychological study, um, where the participants will, um, if you ask the participants a question, they will answer um, with, it's either confirmation bias or it's something along those lines, but it basically means they will answer how they think you want them to answer. So regardless of what their answer might actually be, they would answer because they think this is what you want to hear. So I'm wondering whether people are answering the question because they think, oh, he obviously wants us to say love and monsters because it's so awful. But actually, so there's that to argue the point with as well. This is basically all my sixth form psychology knowledge just nesting at the back of my brain. (laughs) Like, how do you determine a coming out for the sake of the Doctor Who podcast, which is the best place for it to appear. No, I, I'm, I'm honestly asking the question. I, I genuinely just want to know what people think, people's thoughts are on this. Because, yeah, I, I think this is going to be the, the first big talking point of this, this episode of EK. Because I don't like Fear Her. I don't. Going, I, d- I disagree. Going into this episode, like, with Love and Monsters, I as I said last time, there's a lot of stuff I wanted to like and I wanted to pick this apart. Going into this episode, it's not that I wasn't willing to give it the time of day again, but I know that my mind has been set on this episode since ever. And for me, Fear Her is just flat and dull. Okay. I was going to say, what is it you don't like about it? I Yeah, the concept, the, like... The creature concept, the um, the Wajama flop set, Isolus. whatever it was called, Isolus, like that idea of it being like a massive family that goes across the stars and rides the waves and they, they survive on each other's love. It's all really nice. It's a nice little twinkle in the universe and the idea that this is a um, an alien that's that's using this girl, but not with like malicious intent, but it is mm. transpiring that way. Like that's cool, but just everything else seems so flat. It's like, it's... It, it doesn't have like it's not a, a super easy one-to-one parallel, but it's like the Idiot's Lantern, but really, really flat. There's a, there's more to like. There's a lot I could I think you can compare between the Idiot's Lantern and this. People going missing. There's a there's like a big event happening. It's I happening guess. in suburban London, and like as much as obviously the Wire has malicious intent, the Isolus doesn't. But there's just. And it, and it ends with the Doctor and Rose in a street eating cake. Like, yeah, uh, that's just, but that's just British. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I just don't like fear her. And and bless her, I'm not even going to try and pronounce her name. Um, oh, is it? But Difficult. the yeah, but the 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 young actress who plays Chloe Weber, no, just no. You don't like her, do I you? I do not like her. And again, you know, you get young actors in, you're never going to get, like, you're never going to land them all the time because there are young actors who come through who who are so good. But unfortunately, the actress who plays Chloe Webber is not one of them. I mean, I personally don't find her that bad. I can watch it and be fine enough. I've I've regaled my, my negatives. What are your positives? Okay. Um... The thing is, it's difficult for me to watch an episode and specifically pick out, unless we discuss it like and go into depth, and I think, oh, yeah, all that, all that. It's difficult for me to watch an episode and solely then just be able to go, this was good, this was good, this was good. Um, because I wouldn't say it was a particularly strong, like, 
incredible episode or anything like i just don't think it's the worst like i don't think it's worse than love of monsters um right mainly because i feel like yeah okay chloe weber's actresses acting might not particularly be like top 100 whatever but i think all the other people around her like the actress who plays her mum and also the old lady i quite like the old lady in this yeah um her like the uh, mum's acting was really good um the uh guy who plays a bloody cancel um, <laughs> tarmacker uh i like his character i think it fleshes it out for me in a way that seems like a typical british suburban street um yeah. and they are the kind of characters that you would get in a british suburban street you've got the kind of yeah. up you nose dad you've got the old woman you've got like the tarmacers and it's obviously a very kind of well-off area because all the houses have their own garages and it's all been like freshly paved and you know it's not a neglected area um and i just feel like it's I don't feel like it's as bad as Fear Her. I know that... uh, Sorry, the other way around. I don't feel like it's as bad as Love of Monsters. I know that Love of Monsters was supposed to be kind of like the jokey, let's take a Dr. Light break episode. Um, But I don't know. I don't think Fear Her is as bad. I think it's not spectacular. But I quite enjoy the concept of it being drawings trapped within themselves. Like, that concept, I think, works quite well. Um, I think the idea of somebody drawing something and it all coming to life, because, you know, we've all, as kids, you kind of want your drawings to come to life, don't you? Like, well, I don't know about you, but (laughs) I was a very, very arty child. So whenever I made something or drew something, I always kind of wanted it to be that little bit more extra special so the concept of drawings coming to life i think is quite a quirky one because really when you dive into like you said the idea of this um i i nearly called it isomalt (laughs) which is a type of baking video that i was watching this morning Uh, (sighs) sorry what's it called i've literally just said isolus isolus that's the one okay you can't blame me isomalt is very close to that um right because when you dive into the idea of this Isolus literally just being like a lonely kid, um, then you kind of am like, because I think Chloe Webber's actress, the one thing she did quite well was be creepy. Um, I don't know whether you would agree with me there, but I think she was quite good at being creepy. No. Um, but... I don't know whether that's just her kind of natural stance of like the way she looks out the window or whatever, or whether it's coupled with sort of the score of the music and just like the, the echo general, in her voice and all that. Yeah, stuff like yeah. that. I don't know whether it was that more than anything, but I liked the concept. I feel like maybe it could have delved a little bit deeper into something that was supposed to maybe be a little bit more sort of intentional and malicious but then at the same time not everything has to be malicious i guess no it's the um, beauty of doctor who that they don't I think, always have honestly, to have malicious the, intent but. the thing that i always remember about this episode is the bit at the end when they're singing to try and get rid of the dad because that song why i what mean yeah a, a, would a, a very very old 
Australian nursery rhyme of kookaburra and it is it is creepy because I think we have it we have the association with this episode but also uh, for those in the uh, in the audience in the listener pool who used to live on the Doctor Who website like I did they did have a flash game for fear her which was like a I I think it was like a a scribble through a maze or something and the whole time was just a was the kookaburra nursery rhyme on loop no thank you i mean that song creeps me out more than the. that's all i can think of like when i hear that now is the fact that it was on that flash game and it wasn't a it wasn't a maliciously sounding one it was a proper just Mm -hmm. like it's a bunch of kids singing the kookaburra song but it was really creepy and also they say the word gay in it which obviously back in 2006 was hilarious for some reason because we were kids but um um, (laughs) but i mean this is the thing like i think genuinely what mum would choose to sing that song to your child to (laughs) calm them down if you sang that to me i'd be like mum what the hell are you doing that's really creepy mum that's not helping me (laughs) it's actually making it worse yeah Um, so the fact that they sat at the bottom of the stairs with this glowing red thing at the top of the stairs. And I think what also makes that bit creepy is the fact that you never, like, see the dad after he's escaped from the wardrobe. Like, no. it's just a shadow and it's just this red glowing light in the shadow and what have you. Um so that bit always freaked me out. And that is kind of why I don't like this episode. But I don't like it for the reason that it's that I'm supposed to not like it, which is, um, I don't, does this make sense? So like, you know, when you don't, you don't like the episode because it spooks you a bit. No, I'm trying to say like, yeah, yeah. So like the reason I don't like it is because it freaks me out. Not because I think it's a bad episode. Right. Was that coherent? I feel like that that makes sense. But yeah. So it was a bit creepy, a bit kind of unnecessary. Um, but the one thing I will give credit to in this episode is Billy Piper. Yes. I do think she does a very, very good job in this episode. And I think her and um, the Doctor's relationship in this episode really, really comes through. Um, it is the pe- as- it's the peak of their relationship, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, obviously, next up we have the two-parter to end Series 2, which uh, Billy Piper has left Doctor Who at this point. So, yeah, yeah we know how um, that's going to go. But I think it really... Because obviously I always forget that Fear Her is so close to the end of Series 2. I mean, maybe it doesn't help that we took a six-month break and therefore I'm really off with all my timings of how much of the series we've got through. But the fact that... um, What's the next one? What's the next two episodes called? Army of Ghosts and Doomsday. Oh, yeah, okay. So the fact that Army Army of Ghosts and Doomsday are the next episodes... um, really kind of when you realize that or like if you're watching it through for the first time you obviously might not realize that but then the trailer comes in and she's all like this is my last story and all that jazz so okay great um so when you realize that this was the penultimate episode i know that it's not penultimate episode but penultimate story penultimate story yeah um i think it really hits home how like some of the things the doctor says in this episode that you might just ignore, might just go and miss, might think of as like a bit of a joke. Like that line in the TARDIS when he says, someone to hold its hand, someone to do this, someone to do that. And then Rose puts out her hand because she's pointed and the doctor goes to grab it. And then right at the end, when she thinks the doctor's not going to come back and she says, who's going to hold his hand now? And it's it's that little, those few little bits that are kind of like, oh no, this, this yeah, something's going to happen. They're properly oh. leaning into it. I mean, even Rose right at the end, she's like, 
Nothing's you know nothing can keep us apart for that long. It's like <laughs> you've jinxed it, Rose. And he's well like, done. never say never ever. It's like yeah, literally never say never. Rose. It is a bit. It is a bit on the nose since it's right at the end of the series. If this was earlier mm. on, then it'd be like oh, okay. But the fact that it's literally right before her final story. Maybe what like, they should have done was put that um, before the Satan Pit and um, yes. those two episodes. Because if she'd have said before that they keep trying to split us up but it's not going to happen and then they have the same episode where he's all like oh the, the woman who dies in battle and she's like I'm sorry what and then he's like he's lying blah 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 then it might have had a bit more of an impact but I think yeah. obviously there was a week between episodes so we're kind of left with this whole oh we'll never split us up and then it's like oh the finale trailer of like oh my god this is my last story and all that it's this is like, the story well, of how I died etc etc et that was a bit of a waste like, why did you put that line in there literally just to, like, the next... Because I don't know whether they think about how this is going to go out on air. It's like, you finish the episode, you play the trailer for the next one. Did they think about the fact that he was going to... It was suddenly going to be like, they keep trying to split us up, but they're not going to. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, split up. <laughs> yeah, well... I mean, you know, the Doc- Doctor is a family show, so they-, they sometimes have to spell things out a little bit more. I mean, mm. this episode specifically written by Matthew Graham was one that he said was more intended for kids because it has, you know, drawings and, yeah. you know, lots of kids in it and uh, not cats. to be very... Not, and cat and, and cute cattos um, and, and not to be, like, really dark all of a sudden, but that idea that maybe your parents don't get on there's that kind of mm. familiarity to you know uh, not to say that it's familiar for people to have an abuse have an abusive father but well no that's, it's not uh... <laughs> exactly and it's not exactly an alien concept to a lot of children out there but i mean i say also... abusive father abusive parents i should say yeah so there is that there's a potential for a little bit of it hitting home a bit more and i think that's probably one of the things that I get that they can't lean into, but I would have found it far more interesting of an episode if they somehow did, but without crossing a line, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like this this sort of anger for her father or this this anger that she remembers is what's fueling whatever is, you know, that's making the ice solace um, feel more... Um, Alone uh, or like... No, what's... what's, what's uh, with... with um, malicious intent making it feel right. more malicious that's the word i was looking for like maybe i could play on that in some way because that's mm. kind of touched upon but i feel like that whole arc of her dad and that anger being pushed back you know as the doctor says the nightmares of her father is what's bringing her father back into reality through this power i feel like if it was lent more on that i might have found this episode a bit more interesting because it felt like there'd be a bit more depth yeah. to it so it felt like this was this was a potential for there to be a bit more chunk in the in the chunk. in the narrative chunk in the narrative it's a technical term um <laughs> but everything else feels so flat the characters feel yeah. really flat that's one no, of the reasons I why i don't like this episode from. because <laughs> t- pun intended it's paper thin mm. i mean and it's been scribbled all over in some I do extent ag- i do agree that because really, you could take the dad out of this episode and it would still be the same episode, wouldn't it? I really? think they needed to add some kind of proper, proper peril. Yeah, because obviously know, it's Doctor the Who, doctor being taken, scary moments. The Doctor being taken, there was so far along the whole process. Mm-hmm. Like, if obviously I know the Doctor helps by summoning a, a an Olympic torch out of his ass. But <laughs> yeah. they were, you know, they were 
95% of the way through rectifying this whole situation so it didn't yeah. feel like with the doctor disappearing there's going to be as much peril it's not like for example father's day Mm-hmm. where the doctor disappears and it feels like because the plan was in motion and then it stopped and the stuff that you know the doctor bringing back the tardis if you if you've forgotten not implying to you amy but people who no, are listening no, no, the audience, um, yeah. that when that when the doctor's gone that's it yeah and they have to work it out for themselves whereas rose already kind of knew what to do so yeah she that, literally just like, had I'd, to find it pick it up throw it in some heat <laughs> yeah but i'd kind of i i admit i had forgotten about the whole the dad does get out and they're at the bottom mm-hmm. of the stairs. I didn't. That's one of the scenes that didn't really stick. Like basically everything else about the episode, I'm like, yep, yep, I know all of this. But that was one of the things that I don't really remember. And yeah. I think that might be why, because it's like it just feels like such a bolted on bit that it's like, oh, we need, we need a proper bit in here that's actually going to scare kids. Because in mm-hmm. reality, the concept is kind of scary. But if they don't have that visual, like here's something spooky with a big spooky voice then otherwise it might fall a bit flat for the kids as well because apparently the response to this episode was that kids were like this is really good and and Matthew Graham had said that I got letters from kids saying I really enjoyed the episode and then basically everyone over a certain age group was like well that was crap yeah but then I suppose if you're writing a family show because I feel like as much as a family show is for the family, there are like bits for kids, bit for adults. It's basically kind of to a point where it's like it can be understood by both. I actually feel that in a way, Doctor Who as a whole from 2005 to present is actually more appealing to adults. And yes. I don't know if it's down to the writers who are trying to be a bit more clever or trying to be a bit more appealing or what have you but i don't feel like you get many stories in doctor who that are exclusively for kids but the last two can be basically they were for kids weren't they because everything they they didn't find this balance necessarily everything in love and monsters was well i mean it was designed it's tongue-in-cheek yes but it was literally like Sorry, there's a lot more on. to pick up. There's a lot more to pick apart in Love and Monsters. Oh yeah, I feel. Whereas well, this doesn't have that. You say there's that a, there's like. A, I mean, I say pick apart. It's more that there's a lot. There's there's more redeeming features for Love and Monsters. I think the concept is better. Fear her, as said, is paper thin, and admittedly, that's not necessarily on Matthew Graham because Fear Her, as you could probably guess was the we need an episode quick it's the boomtown yeah, of series it's the two filler. but but boomtown as we've discussed of is like top tier stuff like people mm-hmm. overlook boomtown so so much but fear her it is the filler episode of the season yeah i mean I, I would agree even that. even love and monsters doesn't get that same kind of thing i mean i get that they needed to do an episode where they had to have dr light there was a a logistical situation that forced it to be that way but this was literally stephen fry was going to write a script it didn't happen and it's like we need a script we've got a housing estate matthew graham off you go make us a script oh. so yeah okay, so they enough. were they were and they were trying to make the best of an eh situation so you know I mean, I don't think they did too bad. Like, I've never watched this episode and thought, oh, Jesus Christ, turn it off. Like, (laughs) there are some episodes in, when I'm doing a rewatch, like, by myself, that I will just wholeheartedly skip. And I'm not ashamed to say that. Most of the time I watch all of them. But there's maybe one or two that I will skip. Um, 
and I never think to really skip fear her. I don't ever feel like it's necessary to skip it. I wouldn't necessarily sit there and be like, oh, yay, fear her's coming up. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm obviously not sort of that bothered by it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think it deserves any sort of hate, but I can also see how it comes across because of the fact that it was more appealing to kids and just generally like not that sort of family oriented i guess i don't really know where I'm it doesn't it doesn't have the, the, like the broader appeal as you say it doesn't hit the mark for the kids and mark for the adults because mm. i mean there's one joke that would go over kids heads and that was rose calling them little terrors and having to stop yeah. herself from saying little yeah. so-and-sos <laughs> the, yeah little poops as it were um but otherwise, most of it is all pretty plain. The mm. one, one thing that I do actually... Okay. One thing I do like about this episode, and this is very specific and very me, um, when, I, when I used to watch this episode, and obviously being... I was, I was the kid who lived on special features on DVDs and worked out how, learning how things were made. It's what Talk inspired to me to... Yes, Hell yeah. It's what inspired me to go into filmmaking and video and that's where I am now. It was because I was always fascinated how they did, how they did stuff. And the Scribble Monster, as silly as it is, um, the scene after the Doctor has, quote-unquote, defeated it using a sonic screwdriver. Get used to that, kids. Um, yeah. <laughs> takes it into the TARDIS and, and like holds it in his hand and rubs it out with a, with a, with a pencil, with a, with a razor on the end of the pencil. I was like, kaboom, mind blown as to how they did that effect. I was like, that's so goddamn cool. Do you know how they did it? Did you ever find out? Um, off the top, I don't think they ever explained exactly how they did it. I think that's, for, for something like Dog 2 Confidential, they, they don't really do breakdowns like that, Mm-mm. which is a shame. If I had to give you my professional opinion, it would more than likely be that they would have shot David Tennant holding this this graphite ball because it was a physical yeah. prop uh-huh. and he would like sort of rub away with either he had a he had a different shot of his other hand um that they then composited together space. and then put a background of the tardis in and they would just mask away bits of the ball uh-huh. as he rubbed it over because after he's done that you don't see the ball again he like blows on it and it implies that yeah that he's taken the top off with the eraser but that's it you don't see it again well so, no you see it when he's holding it up so like you see he when he's holding it, it up and he then rubs he turns the camera like back to him and he's got like a gap at the top of it missing. He might have a gap of it, but like you barely see it in any yeah. good detail after that shot yeah. because they might have had one where they had a top of it chopped off or something. But like back then I'd have been like, oh my God, how would you do that? But obviously now that I do this stuff for a living, I'm like, okay, I'd know how to make something along yeah. those lines. Obviously I probably wouldn't be able to make it look as convincing. Not that it is as convincing, it's 2006, but you know. The other thing That's the kind of thing about- that I, I, I liked. Yes. Sorry, I don't mean to keep cutting over the top of you. No, it's no, really no. Hard. It's really hard when we're on Discord to work out when the other one's finished talking. <laughs> um, the other thing we need to talk about is um, that what we mentioned last week was their prediction about being able to live stream stuff on a laptop because this was yeah. 2006. Like, that was... I don't even think... Like, laptops, yeah, they were beginning to become a thing, but they weren't, like super duper, like, oh my God, everyone has a laptop. And the internet was... 
and was it still dial up in 2006 no no you'd you'd have had you'd have had broad you'd have had broadband and and more than likely wi-fi by then but it'd been very very rudimentary but yeah 2006 pushing six years in the future in 2012 and you're right like seeing um the bbc being played on a computer back then was like mind-blowing and now we're just kind of sat here like oh yeah it's just and now you know (laughs) most people are in a position where they don't actually use their tv aerial and actually Mm -hmm. tune for digital channels to get terrestrial tv because they just use apps on their playstation to watch i would say bbc iplayer but the ps5 still doesn't have iplayer come on bbc stupid bbc what the hell the ps5 has been out for like getting towards a year now and is it really well not a year it came out in november and it's now the summer but it's like I it's mean, been the, it's been a good been like the, the better half of yeah better yeah. half of a year um so it's like you know why is there still no bbc iplayer on the playstation 5 for I god's know, sake I but know. yeah that idea that you could have live tv on your laptop back then for those of you youngins not youngins. gonna pull rank like that but like we're I remember, only 26 <laughs> yeah but i remember having like you know, this was back when if you wanted to watch the next time of the the episode uh, that's coming on the Doctor Who website, you had to download bloody Real Player. Oh yeah, because oh there was no em- embedded video. Was like still, I mean, embedded video two thousand six. YouTube had only just launched. Yeah. So embedded video on on the was internet, which was technically like, technically streaming it was super future technology so Mm -hmm. having to download a bloody real player file i mean come on oh real crazy so yeah that was a proper future prediction that completely came true that Mm -hmm. back then seemed so baffling but by the time 2012 i'm actually gonna check when did i don't think iplayer got live tv straight away i'm pretty certain it didn't um but i'm gonna very quickly check as to what year iplayer actually launched 2007 damn but it's it's stable release was 2012 when did they make it when did they allow it to go live i don't know live live uh just researching i'm just i'm just i'm doing the uh control f uh on there oh right i see um just trying to find out a license was available to still watch live content it doesn't specifically say oh hang on that's uh, 19th of June 2012 on the live TV channels. I had a rewind to start button. Maybe it did have live from pretty, mm, pretty much the off. early on. I don't. It doesn't specify exactly when it was, but iPlayer kicking off in like 2007 is crazy. So they were only really predicting a year in the future, but it's more the fact that people probably it wasn't very commonplace until it got to sort of a bit later on. Because I mean, I don't really like as a kid. I mean, I say as a kid, obviously in 2012, I was 17. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> that took me a minute. Um, so even at 17 years old, I don't particularly recall sitting down with like a laptop and streaming stuff uh, sort of live from TV channels. But then again, back then we probably watched a lot more terrestrial tv than we do now um and so it probably just wasn't that it was very like necessary for me to do that because i mean we had sky we had sky plus so yeah we had sky as well um we had so we could record rewind all that jazz um 
so streaming it wasn't really that necessary because if there was anything on you could just record it um which was so novel like where as soon as we got sky plus i was like oh my god you can record you can pause and rewind tv tv like what you can skip the adverts by fast forwarding no that, that, that doesn't work unless <laughs> you pause and wait, wait 15 minutes for, yeah. and then start watching what you want to watch uh-huh um but yeah, so I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, okay. So they may have only predi- been predicting like a year, two years in the future. But it's a much more realistic prediction than like, you know, some shows like or movies like Back to the Future being able to rehydrate a pizza that starts off the size of a penny and ends up the size of like 16 inches or something. We're still waiting. Six years later, <laughs> I'm still waiting to be able to get a pizza in five seconds flat. Not that it takes <laughs> like, what, eight to 10 minutes to cook a frozen pizza in the oven, but that's still too long. Mm-hmm. I want my pizza now. I'll tell you what, but, though. One thing they didn't predict correctly that I think a lot of us in the year 2012 were very disappointed to not see, and that uh, was when the Olympics opening ceremony in London happened and we did not get David Tennant lighting the flame. Two know, years after he left Doctor Who, I dis- why didn't he don the costume? And they just they, they did such a niche thing. Like, the, the world stage, the Britain... And they make they allude to David Tennant lighting the Olympic torch. It's like screw all of those. What are they? All the, the the volunteers or the young athletes or something who came yeah, and lit, lit all remember. the little funnels that then came together to make the actual Olympic flame. It's like just get David Tennant in. Who cares about David Beckham on a speedboat for Christ's mm-hmm. sake? Let's I get dis- sexy Tennant in and light the Olympic <laughs> yeah. torch. I think I remember being on Twitter, sat in the living room with my family watching the you know hour and a half two hour long opening ceremony and then gets to the end of going where the hell was david tennant send tweet i mean i distinctly remember sort of saying to my sister i was like oh my god could you imagine if they get david tennant to like the olympic olympic torch like in that episode of doctor who and she was like they won't do that and i was like but they should and she was like yeah they won't and i was just pretty certain in that whole opening thing there was only the sound of a tardis apparently and that was it for Doctor the Who, the whole opening thing. What the, whole, o- the whole, oh, the whole opening, opening ceremony, ceremony of the Olympics. They had the sound of a TARDIS at one point, and that was it. I'm not. They had a whole thing remember. with the bloody Spice Girls, and they got James you know, Bond, J.K. Rowling, orcs, all that stuff. They had the big Voldemort, the parachuting queen. Okay, do you know what? When that scene <laughs> came on of Bond of, of Daniel Craig walking through Buckingham Palace, and I think I remember my mum saying like, "There's no way they got the real queen. They have you know a, a double from the back of their head and all that sort of stuff." And when she turned round, it was actually her. It's like, do you know what? Hats off to you, yeah. Liz. The fact Legit. that you, the fact that you are so, I'd say so down to earth. You're you're the bloody queen. So well, kind of, sort of, not, not really, really, but like the but fact yeah. that you were like, do you know what? Just this once. Let's do it. And she I mean, actually appears alongside James Bond. <laughs> I do remember saying exactly the same thing because me and my sister were like, it's not going to be the real queen. It's not going to be the real queen. And then she turned around and we were like, it's the real queen. <laughs> Yo. If anybody doesn't know what we're on about, if you're not from the UK or like People wherever, would have watched it's the It's the Olympics. Come on. Yeah, but like, you know, it was it was a long time ago. It was uh, nine years ago. So Christ. if people don't remember, because I don't remember a lot of it, um, there's been a few Olympic games since then. Um, well, I say a few. There's been one actually. I lie because <laughs> the last one oh, was supposed god, to happen yeah. last year. We're still waiting for the next one. Uh-huh. Oh my god. Um, but oh. still, nine years is a long time. So if you don't know what we're on about, maybe just YouTube the uh, 2012. Oh, yeah. Olympic it, was, it was one hell of a spectacle and I think a logistical nightmare. But they pulled it off. It's mm-hmm. it's really cool. But yeah, there should have been David Tennant at the 
Olympic Games just to tickle the pickles of all the Doctor Who fans that watched Fear Her because I think yeah. that would have been the amount of like, you know, patriotic British fan service they did in that opening ceremony at the actual Olympics and they barely didn't, touched Doctor Who. Didn't it's like, really come include on. It's a in cultural staple. In 2012, Doctor Who is obviously, it's been a cultural phenomenon like in the UK peak. for nearly, you know, 49 years at this point. And especially in 2012, when it got huge over in the States after Matt Smith kicked off as the Doctor in mm-hmm. 2010, it's like, come on. Yeah, this is was... when you go, why wasn't there at least just a TARDIS, a police box in the middle of the bloody set? I mean, come on. Or at least somewhere or, you know, something that alluded to it or, you know. Yeah, because it was Not kind just, of apparently like just the, the sound of, of a TARDIS. That's all there was. And it's yeah. like, great. One of, arguably me. one of the biggest fictional British exports that isn't Harry Potter or Sherlock Holmes. Basically, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's or Doctor James Who. Bond. Or Bond. But it's like, yeah, you get all of those and you don't get Doctor Who in. Mm-hmm. Come on. What um what's the poll at? <laughs> the poll. I uh that's probably a good a good segue to do some questions. Uh the poll is currently at thirty-two votes and Fear Her is still winning. Mm, by how much? With sixty-two percent of the vote. Ooh, damn. So that's quite if a lot. you are voting on this between the hours of like what half past the quarter to eight quarter to eight or just before eight o'clock, England are playing right now. Actually, oh god, uh, yeah, it's coming home, guys. We might actually um, be able to turn on the match after doing. Let's catch a bit of the match. Yeah, um, <laughs> just tr- trending at the moment is two one Denmark. It's like yes, piss off Twitter. Is it two um, one to Denmark? No, 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 I'm actually. Do you know what? I'm very quickly going to check the score. Yeah, Let's just check the score for anybody that's what, listening to this on a Friday. You'll already know what the score is, but for us, it's quarter past I mean, eight. It's, on it's only night it's only fourteen know. minutes in, and it's obviously still nil nil. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I'm just hoping we can get another four nil win here because it's I coming home, guys. It. I doubt anyway, it. we're not really, that don't, really usually usually football. don't care about football, but when it's like national team, I'm like, okay, I quite like watching yeah, the football. I've always yeah. I've always liked watching football. I just don't. I think care I've for, like, watched one match of this season, <laughs> and that was I don't know what even match that was. That was I the... didn't pay attention to most of it. It was England Scotland. Oh, that was we one watched. where they played played pants, wasn't it? But anyway, yeah, we're not here to talk real. about football. Anyway, Let's move over to Twitter because obviously this poll has had a few um, responses. A few responses. Uh, some things are just like questions. Some things are just like people's Statements. thoughts. For example, um, Spamee 2.0 has said, Love of Monsters is sick and I won't hear a word otherwise. Um, <laughs> somebody, Callum Stanley, uh, when I put the tweet out last week saying, oh, you know, get us your questions in, which obviously we, we ended up not being able to record last week. Um, <laughs> Callum Stanley put, is this a... Is this a uh, is this podcast a council podcast if not and then it's got a picture of the guy saying i'm reporting you to the council <laughs> so callum the fact that you well remember done, that that's mate. a big joke in it then that's totally cool it's not a council podcast though it's not a cancer podcast it's not a cancer podcast um so peter says that Ow. uh that they haven't rewatched it yet um but the general memory they have of the episode is that it's slow and boring Okay, fair is enough. It, cause it, is it, if so, because it falls in between the campy energy of Love and Monsters and the emotional season finale, or is it just written that way? Is it because it falls in? I think it's, mm, yeah, I think the reason why it has that... I think it's a mixture that, of both. It's the flatness of the fact that it was a filler episode that needed to be produced, and it just didn't have the, not necessarily the love and effort, but it just, it, it was a... I think it might have been one of those scripts that seemed pretty cool on paper, but as t- it's, time is not... It's not aged well. Not that there's, like, age jokes it's just the fact that i think 
It's you can very clearly see that it's still 2006, despite the fact that it's supposed to be 2012, which also I doesn't really work because the hairstyles so the, the, are very. No, no, I don't, I don't mean aged as in like the way that it's like the way that you see it now. It's more oh. the fact that I think at the time the script was like, oh, this seems pretty solid, but over time it's like actually, I see, uh, I see. It's like going back to something and realizing it's not as good as you thought it right. was, and I, I think see. that's the main loss of this because I don't remember like hating this when I was younger. I think as I grew up and rewatched it over and over again, I realized. Mm, this maybe isn't mm-hmm. isn't all that good. So Adam says that this episode had potential, but it had so much going on it that nothing could be explored in detail. Yeah, that, that is to be the pretty other lame. Thing. And I wish they explored more about her dad and ditch the ditch the Olympics as a side plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, admittedly, the, well, the, the Olympics obviously plays into it somehow. But back then, the Olympic. I remember being at school, like in my first year of secondary, and the Olympics was just on everyone's minds. Even yeah, though it's still like, it what, get, four or five years yeah, away. Yeah, I was going to say, because doesn't it get announced at the end of the previous Olympics, like, what city is next taking over? Mm, it's a little bit earlier. I think it's, I, I was at primary school because I very clearly remember going out on a break time and my teacher saying to us, they're going to announce who's won the Olympics for 2012 and we're right. coming back in. And she was like, we got it. We got it for 2012. But this was still like, I think it might be like 2006, actually. So it's uh-huh. quite, quite a few years before. That's probably why yeah. the Olympics was such a... Because it had just been announced because that it was coming to us and it was all suddenly sort of exciting. Suddenly, patriotism at its finest, like when yeah. England do well in national football, uh, international football, like the World Cup and now the Euros. Uh-huh. So that's probably why. But yeah, uh, Adam's right. The 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 dad should be explored more. I think that would have made, it, made it much more interesting and given it more depth because, as he said, lots of stuff is thrown in here. And it He's kind of just like thin. a bit of a boring subplot, isn't he, really? yeah like a d plot not even like a b plot like a d plot (laughs) (laughs) melissa says that um an average episode but not a bad one exactly Uh, saying that the olympics ending is cheesy but it's very on brand for us to davies which you're completely right about yeah and the ted and rose relationship is great Uh uh-huh yes yeah i agree with that i think i think the points that make it okay are basically sort of tenant and Rose relationship they are the good bits but the plot and sort of the things surrounding that narrative specifically are like Adam Burke says that personally they actually like the episode fair enough that's totally fair to each his own and all that jazz Catherine one of the most recent uh, thoughts on this is that they only disliked fear her because the mum was such an idiot and kept letting Uh. her daughter have drawing supplies I mean, but love, but love of monsters wound up being so disappointing. Mm. So, which it did. It can't I mean, I that. do. I also do agree that the mum was stupid. Um, yeah, because she clearly, clearly knew that the drawings were the problem. Like, you can't be paying that much attention to your child and not realizing yeah. that the kids that are going missing are suddenly the kids in your daughter's drawings. Another parallel to Love and Monsters with her, the father in Love and Monsters, not Love and Monsters, uh, Idiot's Lantern, the father mm-hmm. in Idiot's Lantern has wanted to cover stuff up for his reputation. This mother wants to cover it up because I guess she's kind of scared and she does buckle eventually, but usually in a character like that, if they would be denying and denying and covering and covering mm-hmm. because they're frightened, they would buckle so much heavier than she did. But she kind of like very, almost passively did like step back and go, oh, okay, you know, it's I think her, maybe uh... I think maybe one of the reasons they're calling her out for being stupid though is 
the concept when she went round and was like, it's okay, I've taken all the pencils off her. It's like, well, you didn't look very bloody hard, did you? Admittedly, <laughs> the doll's head, very clever place, place yeah. to hide your pencils. However, it's more the ones under the bed sheets. Like, come on, they can't have been difficult it's to like, find. It's not even And that... the fact that Rose was like, don't leave her alone. And then all of a sudden she's downstairs with a glass of squash. And Rose yeah. comes back in and she's like, I, mean. I told you not to leave her alone. And then all of a sudden the mum's just like, Huh? Like she just kind of stands there and looks at Rose as if to go, "What did you say?" And it's like, "Are you even listening right now?" And I know that they needed a transition for Rose to be downstairs watching the TV when the audience thing happened. Uh, is it the audience thing, the crowd thing? You know what I mean? When the crowd disappears out of the uh, stadium, yeah. I know that they needed a reason for Rose to be downstairs when that happened, but also having the bum just suddenly like because i said to you didn't i I went rose literally just told her to not leave the room and then in the next clip she's gone like where did (laughs) did she she just go do you know what yeah she'll be all right she's been right up till now (laughs) stay in the room you dickhead (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay on to an actual question uh misha asks something we've we've kind of already discussed but um what are your thoughts on how Doctor Who, which is uh, a family show, tackles or at least touches on big issues like domestic abuse like they do in this episode? Do you generally think they do a good job? And I think we've, got, we've kind of like covered that a little bit already, that it's touched um, upon. And I think it's a, it's, a, it's a fine line to tread to lean into it without getting really controversial and you know sending lots of people to Ofcom. But- See, I personally think that in this episode... The, I mean, I've already said that I don't think the dad should be in it. However, I think what they did with the dad... You can kind of weigh it up in from two sides. Okay, so from one side, my perspective is... Um, this is from Chloe's point of view, right? So she, in her head, is created this uh, dad drawing that to her is scary and basically is the one... Like, her imagination of her dad or her memory of her dad is him going, I'm coming to hurt you, like, I'm not very nice and I'm this and a big kind of scary character that basically is always going to hurt her. So I can understand that. However, from the other side of the coin, my brain is sort of going yeah but like domestic abuse a lot of the time is not just somebody stomping down the stairs going i'm going to hurt you and uh, yeah so therefore it's kind of like it is that that i think is where it plays into it of being what who who did you say the writer was mark something or something or another uh matthew graham matthew graham that's the kind of point where Matthew Graham, obviously, you can tell he wrote it for children because yeah. it's the idea of the nightmare coming to life, the memories that she has of him basically being like, oh, I'm going to hurt you because I'm a drunk and I'm evil. Um, uh, whereas from a kind of more adult perspective, you can kind of be like, mm, yeah, that's not how abuse works. But also, I guess if yeah. you in this episode more for children, then I guess that's how you would put it across. Um, it does. It doesn't have that and maybe not the best word for it, it doesn't have that punch of having that kind of narrative within <laughs> that, that kind of plot line within that story. It's, it's, yeah. it's kind of there, but it's not. But it is, as said, a difficult line to tread to uh-huh. lean into it without because going too far. They just kind of throw in this subplot 
where the mum just goes, oh, her dad died a year ago and he was not a very nice person. And that's really all we get. And then occasionally you should go, he's a drunk, he's abusive. It's like, okay, and how is this relevant? And then you sort of yeah, see this, this creature at the back of the cupboard and it's the whole, oh, I guess Chloe's drawings could come to life. But if that had been the peril from the beginning of Chloe's drawings potentially coming to life, then yes, they would have played into the dad a lot more and that would have been the issue. But the issue wasn't the drawings coming to life. The issue was the kids being stolen, really, wasn't it? And like the people yeah. being stolen. And I feel like the difference in focus... Yeah, a lot of things that you couldn't really nail down what the big evil of the week is. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the dad was kind of shoehorned in to be the very evil sort of, of explicit week. evil of the uh-huh. week. Because look, look at the big angry eyes and baring their teeth and all the red lights and big scary voices. So Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I feel like... Probably wasn't handled very well. However, if the circumstances and the writing had been planned a bit more and was a bit different and they had the opportunity to actually work with the script, then it probably would have been either changed or erased or made a bit better or something like that. So, Because we know that the BBC can handle topics like this perfectly well um, from their other shows and stuff. It's purely just probably Doctor Who as a family show. and Yeah. So, but we've seen we've seen heavy things be discussed in Doctor Who. So mm-hmm. oh, maybe yeah. something like this could be better if it would potentially lend into that a bit more. I think if there's if this is an episode that you're you like the idea of I don't know a kid with powers and stuff happening and fear and nightmares and stuff like that. Basically, if you've not actually caught up with all of Doctor Who, just you wait until we watch Night Terrors oh. uh, in Matt Smith's era a brilliant episode that has I, a, a, a semi-similar sort of kind of uh, aura, I guess, of Fear Her, but it, not, it lands it way mm, better. Not even joking. I literally just got full body chills when I realised which episode you were on about. Because Night Terrors. It's Night Terrors was the first episode after like probably Blink or Midnight that was yeah, properly scary. Properly freaky. And the reason that Fear Her freaks me out is absolutely nothing compared to how night terrors freaks me out like it's basically the same plot but like better like million times better think of it like you know standard sort of creepy kids like you know clowns and toys and dolls and things being creepy in themselves and intertwine that with fear her and kind of the empty child it's that same kind of thing horrible but great it's really good, but it is terrifying. So that if you if you if you felt like there was more to get from Fear Her, just you wait until we watch Night Terrors. I can't remember if that's season five or season four. I I'm wanna have say... to check. A uh, season five, uh, season five or six. It's season it's uh, season six. Right. I was gonna say I don't think it's Matt Smith's first season because No, because I know there's I know that Rory's in it. Yeah, well that's what I was gonna say, because Rory becomes a lot more prominent in series six, doesn't he? And he's yeah. in it, so but yeah, that is a fantastic episode and is basically what Fear Her could have been. Um, Pretty much. Yeah. But they, but they, I, say, I reckon they probably looked at Fear Her and went, that but better. <laughs> yeah, that but better and scary. So we're going to, I'm genuinely, like Night Terrors is one of my favourite Matt Smith's era really like episodes. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited when we get to that. But uh, I think that kind of wraps up what we're going to talk about this week about Fear Her. So as we reach the end of it, I'm going to check the poll just one more time. 35 votes. And although it is starting to level out a bit more, 57.1% goes to fear her. Hmm. 
Fair. So I'm sure by the time we uh, record the next part, which will be a two-parter, so make sure you've watched Army of Ghosts and Doomsday, get the tissues at the flipping ready. Um, we'll have to quickly touch upon where this poll ended by the time we start the next yes. part. So I'm personally happy we've got Fear Her done and out of the way because yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't hate the episode, but I'm just like, this is one of those episodes that I probably would it. skip. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not usually a, somebody who skips episodes in a TV show rewatch, but this one, I'm like, nah. I suppose I could, you could just fast forward right to the end and then literally in terms just have of, the line of In terms Piper of going. Russell T. Davies' era, it's the episode I can take or leave. Mm-hmm. But he didn't a write lot of, it, so... He didn't, no. But, you know, whatever. So yeah, next up we have Army of Ghosts and Doomsday, and I was very excited watching the next time to think, oh, they don't spoil about the, the big bad that comes back in. Oh, they do. Ah, oh, mm-hmm. great. It's like parting of the ways and all over the all over yeah, again. Yeah, they've kind of just Fantastic. like... Fantastic. Uh, they've kind of gone... Oh, you know those baddies that were, like, really good in the last two series? Yeah, they're back. That you've not seen since the end of last series? You should bring them back again, but... They're back. At least they made it a bit more subtle, but, you know, if Wait, you know Doctor Who, you know was, exactly what to look for. Uh, brain fart not working. <laughs> the Cybermen episode. Was that not in series two? Yeah. I meant I meant the other, the, the Sphere baddies. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the Cybermen are fully revealed, but the other ones, not so much. Yeah. They get, there's a, there's, a, there's a, an aura towards them. There's certain visuals that you see that's very, very clear what they are, but it's not as explicit as alert, alert, we are detected at the end of bloody... Uh, I don't know why we're refusing to say their name, because everybody knows who we're bloody on about. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just, just in case. But yeah, that's going to be Spoilers. next time, so make sure you've watched both parts of the end of Series 2, and we're going to do our usual two-part finale and then it's season three we've got free regiment who we're actually going to see next time which is oh, fun yeah i saw her in yeah. the coming up i was like oh look, she is in the martha. next time yeah is she Hi, martha is she martha no, no i didn't I, think I, so. I want to say there's so I, I i might be lying here but i, I want to say that there might have been a line in series three that alluded to her, someone she knew worked at torchwood or something but i might be i might be completely or like full of crap. her twin sister or something something like, like that yeah because i feel like why why Doctor Who cast producers would you go she was really great in that episode but she had a different character name so let's just like cast her and she's, and then she's literally her like in the final two parter before she's actually before in she's the actually show the companion. I mean I mean I say that admittedly um, Karen Gillan is in series four yeah, but before you can't, she's in series five you can't but then again, really tell it's Karen Gillan if you're not looking for her Fires of Pompeii is like episode two of series yeah. four and then you've still got Tenant's all of his big specials before mm-hmm. Matt Smith. So and it also, felt like there was a bit more got, of a gap. She's got face paint on and you can't really tell that it's her because she's just playing like an no. offhand character. Whereas Freema Adjaman is literally Freema Adjaman and then Freema Adjaman. <laughs> I've just realised that we haven't actually got Series 3 straight after that. We've actually got The Runaway Bride first. Oh, the Christmas special. Two, the Christmas mm-hmm. special with uh, Catherine Tate. Do you know what? Don't hate Whoa. it. Don't hate it. <laughs> Just the only the only thing about we'll get we'll get to uh, Runaway Bride, but the only thing about Runaway Bride is it put it's it sets off Donna's character in a really bad light compared it to does. how she is in series four. It does, but we'll get to that. So anyway, thank you all so much for listening. We really appreciate your time. We've hit over twelve hundred plays now. Hey, that's on so the, good. Uh, on the old anchor.fm slash casterpod. So thank you for all of your love and support and all of your tweets all of your questions it means a huge amount to us so thank you it does it really tweet does. us at 
Castapod with your questions regarding Army of Ghosts and Doomsday. I took a moment to uh, I say Stolen Earth and Journey's End. That's two Do you know what? I, was, I keep trying to say that as well. And I'm like, nope, that was definitely series one. <laughs> Just still has big exterminating dustbins in it. So it's like, oh yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> but yeah. Tweet us at Castapod with your questions for that and tweet us at Castapod with all the random stuff. And if you've not seen the poll, it'll actually have been, it'll have finished it by will the time have gone this podcast by now. comes out. I don't know why you're so telling people. <laughs> if, if you get to Twitter and you realise that you've missed the uh, the poll, you're time able to travelers. click on the vote, just just reply to it and say, I would have picked this, I would have picked that. So yep. let us know what you think, whether you think Fear Her or Army, or Fear Her, Army of Ghosts? Nah. Fear Her okay? or Love and Monsters is worse. Tonight, Mine's on the football, mate. That's what yeah, it is. I think you need to go to bed. <laughs> okay amy where can they follow you and see what you're up to you can follow me over on instagram at ames underscore elizabeth or if you like cake amy cakes baking yay and you can follow me at pickup change toe but most of all go to twitter.com slash castapod at castapod k-a-s-t-e-r-p-o-d and until we see you again be good take care we'll see you next time make sure you watch the two-parter and as said grab the tissues Take care, guys. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.